Welcome to PSL Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 251. Yeah. And this is a themed episode. That's right. And today we're going to be talking about something awesome. What are we talking about? I don't even know. I haven't even I haven't even uh, checked to see what our topic is. So I, I don't know where we're going to go with this one. That's usually not how you want to enter. Okay. Things. So here's, here's yeah. If you're, if you're tuning in, you hear guy number one say, I don't know what we're talking about. Guy number two says, yeah, I don't know where this is going. <laughs> So uh, this is, we're definitely off to a great start here. Yeah. But so here, here's why. So I, I talked with this, uh, about this with Mike earlier uh, before we recorded. It's like, there, I see there's a lot of new resellers in the reselling space. Like a lot. I, I, I haven't seen this much recently. And I think it's, it's a result of the economy. Right. And, and I'm not here to talk about, you know, politics or where we're at and inflation and all that, but things are changing. I mean, even if you look at the stuff that people are selling on, on Facebook marketplace, on offer up, you definitely see a shift. People are trying to sell a lot more. People are trying to get on eBay and Mercari and Amazon and Depop and all these platforms a lot more. Yeah. There's a couple, like there's a couple like avenues people are taking to like, you can see there's some people who are, they're, they're seeing the hustle of reselling. They're trying to get into that. Uh, for various reasons, maybe to pay bills, maybe because they're trying to become millionaires, whatever the reason is. And then you get some people who are probably just like this technology is becoming more and more accessible and mm-hmm, mainstream. Mm-hmm. So people are like, yeah, I might as well throw something on offer up and uh, and Facebook Marketplace. And, oh, what's this Poshmark thing? And so just the average everyday person kind of like I feel like when eBay first started, it was kind of like I, I feel like a lot of people would just randomly put stuff up on eBay and buy things from eBay. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like that's where we're at. So it's it's almost like a the the everyday person is doing it along with the people who are trying to get into like the grind they're ready to become hustle millionaires well it's it's just yeah i talk about change and we'll talk about this in our update episode like right now i think i saw a report that mercari is linking up with uber for local delivery oh man and it's I like what? That. that's a thing like what is going like well that's outside of the box like completely outside of, i would have never thought of that i mean it's smart i know but but anyways i say all this because I feel that there's a lot of, uh, what, what did we say before? We uh, we don't sell dreams, hmm. right? We, we're very big on the podcast of not selling dreams, of yeah. keeping it real. We're going to be real. Now, but we also, there's the other side of, I think we, I, I think we do a good job of celebrating. We have our hustles of the week and we talk about, you know, how we're scaling. And and obviously, if you've seen our growth, Mike's business is growing, my business is growing. I, I, I've even... You know, I'm now on a larger property. I'm able to do more. I've been able to put my money into investments. And so you've seen our journey over the last three years. But I wanted to title this episode, The Reality of Reselling. Hmm. And and I think there's there's three things I wanted to discuss. And I, let us know your comments. Like when we go through these, go like, Orlando, you're so off. Mike, you have no idea what you're talking about. Or like, well, you know, nobody ever says I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and if, I just if they to throw do that say out that, there. they're wrong. <laughs> All right. So I, I kind of looked at, you know, okay, in reselling, you're going to lose. In reselling, you're going to win. And in reselling, you're going to grow. You're going to do those three things. I, I think those, as long as you continue, will happen. The question is, will you change with those? So initially, I talked about losing, right? I think in the beginning of reselling, unless you are the ultimate, most perfect person, which there are people like that that do exist. I will say there are people that whatever they touch turns to gold and they don't lose. I know a couple of people like that, that every investment that they've made, they just win. You know, I don't, I don't know if I believe that. I believe that's what you see. And okay. I think possible, a lot, possible. I think there's a lot of uphill battles that were fought behind the scenes. Okay. All right. True, true. All right. So that may be true. It's kind of like, you know, when you, when you go on like Instagram and Facebook, right? All we see is the highlights. So maybe yeah. I'm just seeing the highlights. Right. Right. But listen, if you're new to reselling or even if you're an experienced reseller and, and comment below, let us know. Was this you? You will pick up a lot of stuff in reselling, whether it's for eBay, whether it's for Amazon, whether it's private label, wholesale, whatever it is, which av- whichever avenue you take, you will pick up a lot of stuff that doesn't sell. Yeah. I mean, I could, especially if you're first starting out, you know, you're looking at things and what a way to start in the negative. I mean, I guess that's good. We'll start with the negative and end with the, the positive. Uh, but, y- you know, you, you're going to buy things that you, you hope will sell and that they don't necessarily sell or, you know, you, you're like, Oh, this is cool. And I think the only people who are probably not susceptible to this are people who are already in like a hobby or niche where they know something really, really well. And they are able to like collect and they know like this thing that I'm getting. And if they're not like branching out to other niches, but they're like just into like, you know, 
18th century pottery and they collect it themselves and they're like, oh, this thing, I found it at the store and know it's going to sell for this much money because it's I'm already in a community that sells this stuff. So that's probably the only time that you're going to be able to avoid the picking up stuff that you're not going to be able to sell. The rest of us, and if those people branch out into other niches, you're going to end up buying things that are cool and great and maybe have sold in the past. And maybe you see them listed on eBay. And you're like, look, people list these things for 50 bucks, but you don't actually check to see what the sell-through rate is. And that the last one sold, you know, six months ago, and there's thousands of them listed right now. You know, like, so there's a lot of things you might not know to look for, um, or you, you're going to buy an item that uh, you get home and you realize, oh, this has stains in it. I didn't know to look in this section, or I didn't know to check for this type of damage on these types of items. So th- there's definitely a huge learning curve in the beginning. And I kind of look at it like, it's the cost of the education. Like when you go to school to college and you pay, you know, 40,000, 60,000, whatever it is to, to get a four year degree to learn how to do whatever it is you're doing. Um, you're paying a lot of money to learn something or they're trying to teach you the mistakes not to make. Mm-hmm. And when you start reselling, you're going to end up probably making a couple hundred, couple thousand dollars worth of mistakes, but you're learning from it. Right. Yeah, no, agree. Never picking up this again. I and and I will tell you, I, I still have stuff in my store from I don't know seven years ago, uh, and that's a whole other discussion. Should Get rid of it, man. Should it still be in my store? No. If if it still makes me money, it's it's all good. If I barely paid for it, if I paid like a dollar, it's still worth being in my store. It's probably worth being in my store for twenty years. Anyways, that's a whole other conversation. Uh, here's the thing: when I first started. You know, I did watch YouTube. I did watch shows. I, I listen to people and I still picked up junk. Right. Or I try to be like someone else. So I saw, you know, Tommy Bahama is a perfect example. Tommy Bahama was the hot shirt when I was really trying to get into reselling. What was that five, six years ago? And I remember, you know, pretty much anything that was Tommy Bahama, anything that was uh, Hawaiian, you know, I, I pretty much was picking up and I thought it was all going to sell because I saw all these people on YouTube selling it. I thought, you know, this for sure is going to gonna make me money. And guess what? It didn't. Right. And even till this day, I will pick up stuff. I mean, for Amazon, Amazon is the one that I think a lot of people see on social media and you see people make these huge purchases and they're like, look at the store. I dropped 4K and I'm going to flip this 4K into, you know, 8K and it's going to be great. But a lot of times you don't see how much they don't sell, right? And and there, there's cycles when it comes to Amazon selling. Like if you can get in early on something, you're going to make good money, right? If, if right before there's a bunch of sellers, you're going to make good money. If you get at the height, you're still going to make good money. But the question is, when does the height end? When is the hype over? Because sometimes you'll go on Amazon and you'll see the rankings really low and you're like, oh, this stuff is selling a lot and you'll buy a ton of it. And by the time it gets to the FBA warehouse, the ranking may have doubled and may have, have gone up. And so therefore that item's not going to sell as fast. And next thing you know, you're sitting in an item that you're just hoping to break even or even at a loss. But a big part of it too, is just a change in your mindset. I know that's probably going to, we'll talk more about in the growth section, but, mm-hmm. but the reality is, you know, you're going to, you're going to make these mistakes. Um, but the nice thing is when you realize your business, when you're making an investment on, on 10 different things, especially for something like Amazon, different items you're going to buy to try and sell you really only need one or two home runs, right? Mm-hmm. And then as long as you break even on on 70% of, of the items, and then you can have one or two failures, right? So so if you're breaking even a lot of the time and you're learning and you're making some mistakes, but then you get that one or two home runs that, that more than pays for everything else, you're good to go. Uh, but one of the things that new sellers make a mistake that is often made is they go all in on something. And again, we've talked in the past about times when you might need to go all in on something. Uh, but you go all in on something without having done the research, without knowing for sure. And next thing you know, you've got a garage full of fingerlings and yeah. you know, some oh, credit card or debt. Some, um, here in our display. <laughs> or some and some credit card debt. And you're like, well, um, I guess I guess reselling isn't for me. Right. So you gotta be careful because it's it's really easy to get pulled into the hype. But the more you see it, you know, by the time you've gone through your fifth, sixth, seventh Q4 and you've seen some items, they're going to go up. Some items are going to come down. Some you think are going to be great hits and they're not. And the thing you were like, man, ends up being the great hit. Right. So the more you you experience that and, and it's so much of this is just experience. So when you're first starting out, you're going to lose money. And honestly, even as an experienced reseller, you're going to lose money on certain items. 
You know, oh, yeah. you, I, I mean, I can go to the gr- a garage sale and I can think I'm getting a great deal and buying something for 20 bucks that I can sell for a hundred, $200. And then I get home and I realize like something's wrong that doesn't work. It's not even worth trying to list for parts. Right. And it's like, well, I lost 20 bucks here and those things happen, but I have enough of the time where that doesn't happen that I'm okay. So I, you learn over time what to look for and you're going to have those, those, those fails. But that's the thing that I think not even just for new resellers, but just resellers in general is recognizing that part of the business is you, there's going to be a loss of money, not just in the beginning, but but throughout the entire reselling experience, every business is going to have some transactions, some deals where they're not as profitable as others, or they potentially even lose money. And when you start to look at your business as a business, and you're looking at a year's bottom line, as opposed to how did I do on one item how did I do one this one week, mm-hmm. which could be good metrics that you can use to adjust, you know, maybe I need to move into another niche, maybe I need to adjust my shipping costs somehow, maybe I need to figure out whatever it is. But when you start to look at your business and you recognize you're going to lose money on things, maybe shipping prices increase, maybe it's harder for you to source a certain item, that's going to be okay. But that's the reality of reselling. I think that's what a lot of the gurus and the people who get into reselling don't think they think it's going to be everything's going to be a win and the first loss you have when you think everything's going to be a win is going to be devastating and then you realize that you, you you're going to lose more frequently than you thought and that's why i think a lot of people leave is they don't have the realization that there's going to be there's going to be some tough times in reselling you're going to you're going to flop i look at some items in my store and i'm like yeah, that was a that was a big fail. Shouldn't have bought those. Those are kind of just sitting there. And uh, and then I make a ton of money on another item. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, as long as this keeps happening and I watch my bank account grow, I'm okay. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I, and, you know, I'll give you an example. Two Q4s ago, I went all in on a lot of apparel for Amazon and the ranking was low. And I thought, you know, th- this is this is a win-win. Like, there's no way I'm, I'm in a niche market. Not everybody's thinking about apparel. Uh, Cause I was thinking about January and I kept thinking, Hey, if it doesn't sell during Q4, it's going to at least sell in January. And guess what? It didn't sell. Even though, even though I followed the ranking, the ranking was, I, I believe everything I bought was below 50,000. I want to say most of it was under 10,000 in ranking, which is really good uh, for apparel. And guess what? It didn't sell. So I had a three to $4,000 loss to report uh, for 2019. But here's the beauty of it. I got all that back. And then COVID, uh, what, should I even say that word? Something something happened to us in 2020. Yeah, the 2020 thing. The 2020 thing. And guess what? Supply chains were broken. And where were people going to get workout apparel? They were going online. So it was not a complete loss. This other one, the thing I want to remind everyone is that you may lose in the beginning. Now, there's some things that are just going to be a loss, especially when you're thrifting and garage selling. Like they may never go up in value. But if you're buying stuff that's new, there's chances, unless you're buying stuff that's like a terrible brand or terrible quality, it's going to sell eventually. At some point in time, you will make profit. I had another item where I dropped 4K on and I got a, you know, one of those letters that told me to stop selling. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm stuck. And guess what? Later on, I, the company laxed their rules on stuff and people were selling it. And then I went back and I sold it all in and I made major profit. So you got to you, you have to understand there's going to be loss. Sometimes you'll be able to recover those losses. But like Mike said, looking at the big picture, you know, how many how many items are in my store now? How much has my business grown? What have I been able to do? OK, so all those opportunities, like you said, were opportunities to learn and and to keep moving all right now this is the one that i I just hate it when this happens you there will be a time you will be swindled directly or indirectly so it may look like you're making like i make bulk deals all the time right and i i do them you know usually local deals i don't share a lot of them on instagram but you know this wasn't I, nobody was trying to swindle me, but if you follow us on Instagram, I bought a bunch of baseball gloves. I bought, I think I want to say like 130 baseball gloves and I paid a dollar to a piece. So it's still, I'm still going to win in the end. I, I've already made all my money back on that major purchase. But here's the thing. Out of those 130 gloves, I want to say 30 of them were not sellable. I couldn't do it. I mean, they were falling apart. They were flaking and there were bugs in some of them. And it was just bad. And I had to toss out a lot of them. Now I'm so now that was an indirect, 
right? I didn't, I didn't necessarily get, get swindled. It was an indirect thing. Like I, I just, you know, they knew that a lot of the gloves weren't worth that much. That's why they probably priced it so low. Right. And they knew that a lot of the gloves had issues. And so it wasn't for them. It was like, Hey, if we sell it cheap, maybe somebody will overlook all the issues and, and buy it for this cheap price. And Orlando came along and did that for them. Right. But I've had other scenarios, right. Where I, I will buy something. And you know, the, the biggest one is you buy something that's new in box, whether it's local or, or on eBay. Right. And you buy it new and you're thinking, Hey, I'm going to resell it. Right. So I'm going to sell on eBay or I'm going to sell on Amazon. And, and this happened to me with, uh, my, uh, you know, clippers that were big that I saw, I sold a ton of clippers at Costco. And I think I shared this before on the podcast, but a lot of them were returned, but the people that returned them to Amazon were super deceptive in that it looked like it was never opened and it looked like it was never opened. And when I got them back, I'm like, Hey, I can flip these pretty easy. I just got to put them back on Amazon. And sure enough, I had so many of them that Amazon banned me from selling that item. Luckily they didn't suspend me. Luckily they didn't ban my store, but, and it was because of too many issues. And had I been and more, as far as a lot of people were concerned, you were the one doing the swindling. Yeah, it was me. Yeah. And I didn't even like to me. I mean, if you were to look at these boxes, they were pristine. I mean, the way they must have opened it carefully from the bottom. You know, there's ways you can open things. So it looks like you never opened it. Right. And that's what must have happened. They even had the little. So on the zippers, you have the two ends of the zippers that have like a zip tie. Mm -hmm. Right. That it's to seal like the zip ties were there. Hmm. That's what's crazy. So either. I got swindled on the return or I was swindled or scammed when the delivery happened. Like the buyer was lying. Do you get what I'm saying? And, and, and on Amazon, if a buyer says something as crazy as these items were used, usually you just refund and you move on. Like yeah. you don't want them to make a fuss. Yeah. So, so, and then, you know, you're going to get scammed. Now, have you been scammed before? Yeah. I mean, I've had a few, um, kind of insignificant ones, but one that was like kind of annoying. I, I, found a soda stream my wife and i use soda stream like crazy we love uh we love carbonated water and i found somebody selling them online new and mm -hmm. they were super cheap on ebay like i'm talking like normally it's been 70 dollars for these but it was only like 13.50 and i'm like i cannot believe this deal but i looked at the person's like account and i mean i didn't look in deep but i'm like they've got like you know, a couple hundred stars. They're all five star review. Like this, this person seems legit. They, they, they're, I'm buying from them. Right. So I bought like four of them. I'm like, this is such a good deal. And I'm going to flip these because they only had like 12 of them in stock. So I'm like, I don't know what happened. Maybe this person, maybe they fell off the back of a truck or something. I don't know. So sure enough, I ended up getting a message from eBay saying like, we think that one of your orders has a problem. Uh, we're looking into this account. And yeah, they, it was a it was a scam account that somebody had gotten a password of really? an old seller because then when I actually went in and looked at that person, they hadn't sold anything in like like six years. So it had been a long time yeah. since they'd sold anything. So their feedback was not recent feedback. So somebody hacked into an account and started selling things on their account that was oh, just fake stuff in order crazy. to get a bunch of money. So yeah, they... I guess what triggered the, it to eBay is they probably had like thousands of sales within like a day huh. and eBay was like, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. You know? And so they, 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 they stopped it. But, um, my brother-in-law, when we got him into to trying to sell on eBay, he had some people, some customers trying to scam him. Another person we had, they seemed to go after new uh, sellers quite a bit. Oh, the scam, huge. The yeah. scam artists and the scam people. Uh, so yeah, there's, I've, I've definitely had my fair share of experiencing people trying to scam and swindle. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's part of doing business. And one of the things is a lot of times if it's too good to be true, it probably is, uh, not true. <laughs> it's, it's probably too good, uh, to be true. So you kind of got to realize that, but occasionally you get lucky, right? So you almost have to roll the dice and say, you know, what, is it worth this $10 gamble that this is a, a legitimate Nintendo Switch that's brand new that's selling for ten dollars on Facebook uh, Marketplace. You know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's worth it. And then you get scammed. And I've lived oh, long well. enough that if it's too good to be true, it's just too good to be true. And it might be true every once in a while, but is it worth rolling the dice? Yeah, right? and, and for those things, I know you know it's not worth it. But if what if it's a what if it's a Facebook Marketplace ad and it's like just a room full of all the stuff that you'd want to sell, and someone's like trying to get rid of this stuff, hundred bucks for everything. You might be like, 
That sounds too good to be true. I'm checking it out. Yeah. You know? no, and no, no, I agree. I, you know, if you watch our recent uh, YouTube, the one I dropped at Garage Sales, and you should check it out. It, it was kind of crazy. Like I, I went to a place and it was all this Mickey Mouse stuff. And it was, I thought it was too good to be true how low the prices were, but she really was just trying to offload stuff. And I'll share this in, in our update episode, but some of the stuff she told before I got there, I'm like, why did I miss out on? So anyway, stay tuned for that episode. All right. So I do believe you're going to lose. I think it depends. It depends. If you're just slow and steady, if you're slow and steady, like, Hey, you know, like when I first started, right. I, I, I made a bet with two other guys that we're going to use $20 for the entire year. And whoever has the most amount of money at the end, uh, will take everybody else out to dinner. And so if you lost that $20, you're out of the race. Well, that $20 turned into 40, turned into a hundred, turned into 200, turned into hundred listings, 200 listings, 500 listings. And then, you know, where we are today. Now, at that point, I wasn't losing any money. I was just taking, you know, I was just taking the money I made from garage sales, buying more stuff, listing it, selling, buying more stuff, listing. But there came a point, right, where I was making bigger purchases. And that's when things got riskier, right? Because you're spending more money or you're buying or, or you're, you know, things at the thrift store that you'd only say, hey, I'm only going to spend five, ten dollars And then you're like, hey, I'm going to spend, I'm going to buy this for $50. Right. So, for example, one time I bought a hockey jersey. I thought it was an official USA hockey jersey. And I paid, yeah, I paid $50 for it. And I thought I could flip it for $300. I went home. I checked the tags. There was a Nike tag and a Reebok tag on it. It was a terrible fake. Like everywhere I looked, like there was just issues on it. And so it's it's bound to happen because what happens too is you start making more money. So you're like, Hey, I can take bigger risks. It's kind of scary. Maybe not everybody's like that. Maybe I'm just cut like that, that when I start making more money, I take bigger risks for my money. Cause I start believing that to make more money, I got to spend more money. Right. And I could, I could scale up faster by dropping a lot more money on stuff. And, and usually that's the way it is. Like you have to go all in, you have to take risks. You have to be you have to be willing to to lose thousands to make thousands. You have to be willing to lose millions to make millions and so on. At least I, that's my thought. I don't know. A lot of people say that. Maybe you disagree. Let us know in the comments. But be aware that you will you will lose some kind of money. Like it's not going to be, a, you know, a straight arrow going all the way up. and You're just growing, 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 growing. There will be dips and there'll be some major dips on the way up as you're scaling your business. Yeah. All right. Hey, before we get moving, I want to talk about, you know, when you'll win. But before we do that, one way you could win is if you uh, go to pure, not pure hustle, buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle and become part of our, our, our group, our membership. What, what do we call this? What do we, what is the, this is the coffee club, man, the coffee club. And uh, thank you so much. We keep getting members each week and we're appreciative of all of you. Uh, you can sign up for less than a cost of, I would say, Based on inflation right now, pretty soon, less than a cup of coffee at 7-Eleven possibly uh, to just support us and say thank you so much. Or you can just buy us a few cups of coffee. Say, hey, thanks so much for this episode. Uh, if you go to the link below or you go to buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle, definitely helps us out. We are planning a Zoom here pretty soon. Uh, it is getting to the end of the month. Mike and I just need to discuss when and messages will go out through buy me a coffee with a Zoom link. And so we can all chat and discuss and see how everybody's doing. It'll be a great time at Q&A. Usually Mike and I come up with the topics to discuss. And uh, again, we're not gurus, but we've been doing this for a little while. So we know a little something, something here and there. And I would say Mike and I learn way more from the community than what we have to give. And so the community itself is worth it. So again, buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle. Yeah. All right. Here's the other thing about reselling. You will win. You will win. I 100%, not financial advice, guarantee you'll win. But there's a few things you got to do, right? You got to research. You got to make sure that you know what you're picking up. But but here's the thing. If you're going to a garage sale and you're spending a dollar or two and you research it on eBay and it's sold multiple times, the sell-through rate is there and it's selling for good money, it's going to sell and you're going to make money. And then you're going to take that money and you're going to go to next week, you're going to go to a thrift store, you're going to go to a garage sale and you're going to go sourcing again. And you're going to sell and you're going to make money. The, the process is pretty, is pretty simple, right? As long as you follow the right steps, you, you should win. Yeah. No, I would say a lot of the time. Yeah. One of the nice things about reselling is there's a pretty direct correlation between the amount of work and time and energy you're putting in and the financial output you get out. Uh, that's not the case for a lot of jobs, right? Like a lot of jobs, you can work harder 
and harder and harder and harder. And unless it's like hourly pay and you're just working more like time, then you might make a little bit more money because you're getting overtime. But like if you're just putting in your eight hours and you like slack that eight hours versus you go and you you grind for eight hours, you're not going to see a bigger paycheck. Now, over time, over years, that might help you to get the right connections and get promoted. And all those things are definitely possible. However, in reselling, one of the, the great things about winning in reselling is if you're putting in the eight hours and you're researching and you're putting in the work and you're getting the listings done and you're taking pictures and you're shipping things out on time and you're leaving feedback and you're doing all these things, the money's going to go up. Like the more you do it, there's like a direct correlation between the amount of effort and energy you're putting in and how much money you're going to get back. So, but along with that is I think sometimes when people hear win, it's like they think almost like a gambling or lottery, like it's just going to come. Like it's just easy. It's just going to come. But it's the hustle, right? You're going to work really hard and it's going to pay off. And and then the nice thing about reselling too is that there's the unexpected. There's still the treasure in, right? Like where you go, you go, hey, let's see, even on Amazon, you on Amazon, you know, you're scanning in a store and you find an item and there's only like five people on this item. And this, this item you can pay, buy for $10 you can flip it for 50 and it's consistent. Like you could sell it before you leave the store. Like those things happen. Right. It's all about being consistent. Also, you can be at a garage sale, right? And you find something and it's a dollar and you can flip it for a hundred or two hundred or you go on local deals. Like the the possibilities are endless. And th that is one of the realities of reselling that I, I know I would say keep me motivated. Right. I feel that I've always said this. If if this reselling thing becomes a job for me, I'm out. Like I, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I might as well go back to the nine to five, because if, if it feels like work, I'm just, I might as well work in, in a place that it's a steady paycheck and I don't have to go through the stresses of losing, right? Cause we already talked about you will lose, right? But here I want to talk about winning. Like, and so what happens too, is as you grow, as you keep moving as a reseller, right? As you keep going to garage sales, you keep going to thrift stores, or if you're doing Amazon, you're doing retail arbitrage, or you're doing private label, or you're doing wholesale, whichever model you're using, the more you do it, I believe the more consistent your wins will show up. Yeah. I mean, there's a huge, I mean, going back to that idea of like the correlation, the direct connection, I guess I should, I should say rather than not just correlation, but a connection between the work you're putting in and the, the financial reward you're getting at the other end of that is the more consistent you are with doing the research, the more consistent you are actually going out and sourcing and the more items you have in your store, the more sales you're going to have. And, and we've used the example over and over of, you know, a store of a store only sells one item uh, unless somebody is going in looking for that one particular item you're selling, that store is not going to be getting sales. But, you know, I like to go to stores like Target and Costco and Walmart where they've got anything you can possibly need unless it's like a random thing and you got to go somewhere special, right? But they've got the majority of the stuff. And the more your store becomes like that, the more that your store has, and maybe it is in a niche, right? Like maybe like, you know, I don't want to have a store that has hundreds of different niches, but if your shoes, right, do you've got shoe sizes that go from, you know, five all the way up to 14 or are you only getting size 10 shoes right because if all you have if you got one good deal on size 10 shoes your sales are going to be a lot slower than if you've got size nines and on 11s also right because you're reaching out to a wider uh you're spreading a wider net and so the more consistent you are in sourcing the more consistent you are in listing part of that is algorithm part of that is ebay wants to see activity on their site every Every platform, every website wants to see activity on their website. So the more activity you've got going in there, the more sales, the sell-through rate, all of those things are going to trigger. And so the more consistent you are, the more wins you're going to have. So if you feel like, hey, I, I feel like I've had a slow week, a slow month on eBay, um, maybe it's the consistency, right? It's how much am I putting in? Am I listing as much? Am I listing several items a day? Or has it been a couple of weeks since I've listed? Because as you consistently get that work in, those those wins come more often. When I first started reselling, it was like every week I'd be like, oh, I got to sell. I got to Orlando, mm -hmm. I had this I item and it sold, right? And you're Mike like, never shows me anymore. and it's like, oh, cool. You got to sell. Congratulations, right? But it was like a big deal because it was like, I've got 12 items listed and one of those items sold. Now I get sales every day. And so it's not, maybe if it's like a, I got a $400 sell off a $5 item, I'll tell Orlando that. But otherwise you, your wins come 
they almost become commonplace and that's that's a good thing that's a good place to no be. agreed agreed and so what ends up happening is that begins to motivate you to go out there and get more right because and we'll talk about this in our last part the, the fact that you're, you're growing in knowledge right and so you are going to consistently find more wins the more you're out there the more you're sourcing whatever avenue whatever model you're doing i believe you'll eventually hit turning points Right. If you stick with it. And this is where I think a lot of new resellers get caught up and a lot of resellers leave. Right. And we, you know, we're lucky enough. We have a great <laughs> listenership where we don't we don't get a lot of negative comments, which I'm kind of I'm kind of, you know, maybe maybe we're not. You know, maybe if one day we ever get to the hundred thousand subs, we'll we'll get there. Yeah, but help us get to a hundred thousand subs so we can deal like with all subscribe. the vitriol comments. But uh, the the thing is, is that. You know, in, in reselling, there there is a place where eventually you're you're gonna you're just gonna do better. Like you're gonna end up in a better place because to me, reselling is like you you keep going and you keep building, and and the more you sell, right, the more profit you make, the more you're reinvesting your business, the more you're gonna source again, and you're gonna keep growing. So there's there's always turning points, right? There's a lot of people, and, I, and going back to this is that a lot of people start off, right? And and they watch these YouTubes and, and then you'll see people in the comments that are say like, oh, I did this for a month. This is trash. Like, this doesn't work out. This isn't, you know, you're selling everyone a dream. Or, you know, you, you'll get a lot of comments of, you know, yeah, you know, I, I did this for, for a while and, and, you know, you guys are just selling courses and blah, blah. And, and a lot of people like us and other influencers on, on YouTube get a lot of flack and the and the reason being is because people give up too soon before they hit that turning point, right? They 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 get to a certain place and then if they just went a little bit more, if they just gave it another month, if they just experienced a Q4, if they just you know got to a place where they really learned a niche or they got to a certain amount of listings, then they would be like, no, you know what? This is this is actually real. And and the reason why. You know, we share this information because we also get we get these. It's like, why do you guys share? Like, aren't you selling? Aren't you guys you know hurting your own business? Aren't you hijacking yourselves? And blah 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 blah. Like, if you're true resellers, you wouldn't share what you know. But here's the thing: the reason we share is because most people don't take that action. And then the people that do take that action, a lot of them, and there's no no one's. I'd be interesting if somebody did a study. Maybe somebody, a PhD student out there, should do a a full study on on the effect of social media on reselling. Because I, I guarantee, I guarantee, when they look out there, maybe I'm just gonna throw out there, maybe ten percent of people that actually consistently are watching resellers on YouTube go and take action on what they're watching. That's just my thoughts and, and take action to the fact that they don't give up. They don't, they, they, they go three months to a year and after a year, they're like, you know what? This is definitely worth it. But this isn't a quick, Hey, you're going to get, you know, flips all the time. You're going to make a ton of money really fast. If you come in with that mentality, even on Amazon, you're going to, you're going to end up getting out of the game. And so I do believe if you stick with it, there will be turning points where you're like, wow, I went from having five items to having a hundred to having 200. I went from making 200 a week to making a thousand a week. I went from being part-time and now I'm full-time. And I do think the turning points will definitely happen. So, and even you've grown, right? And we, we've both have steps where we've like, it's been slow and, and you know, like, man, I keep listening and, and things aren't selling and out of nowhere. There's a surge. And then you're like, well, it was definitely worth moving forward yeah and it kind of goes back to richest man in babylon like there's no there's no real such thing as luck <laughs> I, I like the way it's presented i can't remember exactly how it was but something like you know lady luck or the, yeah, the yeah. goddess of fortune or whatever it isn't a real thing but what what is real is opportunity and the ability to act on that opportunity right and so what a lot of people see as luck is that somebody else was just able to take action when the opportunity came up because opportunity is going to come up. And so that's kind of like those turning points is when something like COVID happens or something, some other black swan event that may negatively or positively impact your business, uh, you have to be at a place where you can actually act on it, right? There's there's a sell at this place. There's a store closing down. There's clearance happening. There's somebody just listed something on Craigslist. Am I able to, to take action on this? And the more you're able to do that, uh, it, it can become a turning point. You can find that niche that you're into. You can realize like, you know what, like this is my lane or I'm glad I've been grinding in this lane for so long 
because now that this random event happened, I can, I'm actually able to, to survive and do well, you know? So, um, yeah, definitely there's been turning points. Sometimes it's like mile markers. Like you said, it's just a mental thing. The first time I got to hundred items in my store and then 250 and then 500. And then like those milestones help push you forward and make you want to do more. Even, even like the podcast, there's times where, you know, you, you start to get to a place where you're like, man, like, it's kind of slow. And then it's like, Hey, we just got like 10 more reviews on iTunes. Like mm -hmm. people are, and then it gives you that drive. Like, you know, I can keep going. I can keep doing this. And you hit those turning points that keep you going and keep you motivated. And sometimes it's like a, a breakthrough and sometimes it's just mental motivation, but either way, the only time you're going to get those and have those turning points and you're going to, is if you are consistent and you keep going even when it's hard because yeah, you're going to win. Uh, but it's going to potentially be a long grind to get there. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So before we move on to our, you know, the wins that everybody looks forward to our hustle of the week, let's talk about another win and it's AmericanBubbleBoy.com. I uh, thank you to all of you that continue to buy uh, via our link below. I really appreciate that. Or the link in our bios and all our social media, uh, AmericanBubbleBoy.com. You know, their prices have stayed the same. They haven't changed. I mean, the time I come, you know, like as prices go up, but it's still the same consistent quality item and it's still free shipping. One day shipping, two day shipping, uh, it's local pickup, whatever you need. They also have Instapacks in there. You can take a look at what those are, but check out AmericanBubbleBoy.com. I just got an order that I got really quick and I'm telling you, it is the best deal out there for bubble wrap. So check them out again, AmericanBubbleBoy.com. Uh, there's a link below. It helps us out, helps you out and helps you win. Also, yeah. an, another way that you can continue winning is by following us on social media. Uh, we are Pierce Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We are Pierce Cast on Twitter and Clubhouse. You can always give us a call, 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. And leave us a Google voicemail or shoot us an email at Podcast at gmail.com. That's Podcast at gmail.com. And if you're listening to the podcast and you haven't seen our lovely mugs, come on over to YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit that bell notification. And most importantly, no, I'm, I don't know what's the most important. I don't know if there's an order, but hit that it's like all button. Important. It's all important. Hit that like button and leave us a comment too. Leave us a comment. You know, anything that we talk about, those always help us out on the algorithm. And thank you to everyone with the iTunes reviews. Uh, we're getting super close. Uh, I think last I saw we we're like a f close to 470. Uh, we're, we're, yeah, we're in the under 500 club still. So getting close to 500 reviews. We are the most reviewed recently podcast out there mm -hmm. and continue to grow. So every review helps. I want to get us back to the 5.0 again. I it's, we're almost there. We're almost there. And so, you know, it's, it's almost like, I feel like 4.9, 4.97, whatever is it, it's more realistic. You know, sometimes when you see <laughs> like you're on Amazon, you see an item and you're like, wow, this has 5,000 uh, reviews. And it's got, you know, 4.8 stars. Like, you know, that's a good item, right? Whereas like, if you're like, here's an item, uh, uh, an item that has a hundred reviews and it's five stars, you're like, oh, that's a little sus. Nah, you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, maybe. I'm okay with it because, okay. you know, we're not every, we're going to ruffle some feathers and you know what? There's probably somebody out there who listens and they're like, you know what? I, I believe in the gurus. I think that I will become a millionaire and drive my Bugatti by, you know, going into to Ross and all it <laughs> takes is five dollars and I'm going to be able to flip it in next week. And if I buy his course for 10 grand. Right. And they gave us a bad review. It's fine. It's, but it is what it is. There you go. There we you tried go. to we reached out. We sent out like a little a little life preserver like out of the boat. Like, here, grab on. We'll save you. Don't sink. We believe we'll pull you back into the hustle boat. And, and it just didn't work. That went in a totally different direction than I ever thought. Hey, there you go. So hit us up with those iTunes reviews. Five stars, please. Really appreciate that. All right. It is time yeah. for our. Come on, hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. Yeah. All right. So our first hustle comes from Troy. IG handle at Mountain Man Treasures. And Troy's awesome. He's been a, a, a longtime listener mm -hmm. of ours. He's always interacting with us and is is just a great listener. So I went to a Friday garage sale and picked up a pile of trade back paper, uh, trade paperback comics and some hardcovers too at around 4 p.m. That's a, uh, so I don't know if the 4 p.m. is, if, if that's like late. To I the, think uh, it's late. I think that's why he put it in there. Nice. All right. Or, or if this could be like, you know, early because they're doing like, 
you know, evening Friday, get home from work and I'm selling, but I'm assuming this is late. I'm pretty sure it's late. So it was there before and came back at the end. So he came back later and they were ready to deal. This is a good thing. Sometimes, sometimes I'll, I'll leave and say like, yeah, I might come back later. And I usually don't. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll leave a card, but if they're not willing to, to deal with me in that moment, I've got other garage sales and they're yeah. usually far away. Uh, but if there's not a lot going on, going back might be a good idea, especially if they weren't able to sell. Sometimes people are really stubborn, right? They're like, no, I can sell it for this. And you come back a few hours later and it's like, okay, you're right. I can't sell it. Uh, yeah, so- I wonder if, if you come back, if you just said, hey, can you send me the link when you list it on eBay? Just so I can take a look. I don't know if that would ever happen. It's, it's it was- a little passive aggressive. I love it. Sorry. Okay. Uh, so they're selling uh, for about $40 and the guy ended up saying, how about 25? So that makes them $1.75 a book. One of the pile was a shrink-wrapped Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 10, Volume 2. Wow, I loved Buffy the Vampire Slayer as a kid. That was such a great show. Listed on eBay and turned down a lot of offers and finally agreed on a price with a buyer. Sold it for $750. Oh, my goodness. And it was sold via global shipping program to the UK. You know what, Troy? This couldn't have happened to a better person. That's awesome. I'm really happy that you were able to... uh, to, to flip that, you know, and, and I don't mess with the comics very often. Um, so I'm not sure if you're like really into comics and like knew what you had there, but you know, you probably didn't know it was worth that much if, if you originally didn't, you know, wheel and deal. But the fact that you got them down from 40 to 25 on a lot of them and one of them sold for 750. Holy cow. Yeah, and I awesome. want to say, Hey, check out his YouTube channel. He has a lot of great stuff on there too. Uh, it is called Mountain Man Treasure. And so he's growing and he goes to garage shows like we do too. Great listener of the show. Always supportive, always encouraging. So uh, check him out, Mountain Man Treasure on YouTube. Yeah. All right. So we got another email uh, from Mark Mancuso who sent us an email before for a Hustle of the Week. And this was so good. I just, I wanted to sh- just share this because... You know, again, I'm not a fan of always having repeat hustles of the week or the same people because I want to share different kinds. Right. I want to share other. I want to celebrate other people's wins and I want to share what other people are picking up. Like they don't always have to be the, hey, I picked this thing for a dollar and it sold for a thousand. Sometimes, hey, I picked it up for five dollars and it sold for 50. Like I don't mind sharing those, but this was so good. I had to share it. So Mark Mancuso via email said, I'm just going to read the email here. I had been sitting on a small new pool pump for a year. I paid $5 at a garage sale for it. And today someone wanted to meet up and buy it for $90. We were set to meet at 11 a.m. I arrived at 1030 to the meetup spot, but saw a sign for a yard sale a few blocks away. So it pays a bit early. Went to the yard sale and it was okay. Then I spotted a new sealed box with a large Polaris pool pump. I asked how much and they said whatever I wanted to pay. Oh, I always love it when they say that. I don't know. Sometimes that uh, that that makes me feel bad. Well, I won't give them a number still. I'll still tell you, you know, just give me a number. Just let me know. Like, I'll just, I'll wait. And no, I'll I went away. to one that was like, donations only. This is going to an animal shelter. Whatever you want to pay for whatever item. That's tough. Because then you're like. Oh, yeah. No, no. I agree. Uh, I agree. I agree. <laughs> no, I, I see what you're saying. All right. So. Uh, he offered five. I offered five dollars, and they took it. I grabbed it and went to meet the guy who was to buy my old pump. Remember, he's gonna buy this old. He's gonna sell this pump for ninety dollars, right? When I got there, he saw the Polaris one, the one he just picked up for five, and the and that I just bought, and wanted both of them. That's crazy. I walked away with two hundred and fifty dollars. Literally held that Polaris pump for fifteen minutes. I know this hustle was not big money. Yeah, it was, uh, but this I believe is hustling in its truest form. Thanks. Mark Mancuso, that was incredible. Like the the fact that <laughs> you went somewhere, you got er, you got there early, you saw another yard sale, you picked something up and you sold the item from that yard sale to the guy that literally probably could have gone to that yard sale and found that pump and you sold it to him for 250. That's a hustle. Oh, that's pretty. So that's nice a pretty work awesome story there. I love that. All right. The next one comes from Clay, IG handle at tactical arbitraging. I love that. Uh, went to the store that should not be named. I was trying to find my soundboard to do the dun 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 or the uh, you know, but I couldn't find it. Okay. Uh, anyways, I went to the store that should not be named and came across a halo a halo statue figure and looked up comp selling for a hundred dollars. So he picks it up for twenty dollars, cleaned it up, listed it on eBay, and sold in a week for one hundred twenty two with free shipping. I love that. I love that you uh, weren't afraid to list it higher than what they've been selling for. 
and maybe maybe they've been selling for you know around a hundred plus about twenty two dollars shipping, and you just made it one hundred twenty two plus free shipping, yeah, which that good. alone yeah. can get you the sell. So that's awesome, twenty two bucks, and and even that twenty two, maybe you did that because you're like, this, I paid twenty two, I want to make a clean hundred on this. I want a hundo. I want to get me a, a nice clean hundo on this one. So good job. No, they're they're all good. All right, what's yours? So I was at a garage sale, and it was actually. Uh, kind of like a neighborhood one. And so you know how it is when they're kind of spread out and you're driving and you're trying to like find where they're all at. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you drive by and you just do the drive by glance of like, is this one worth stopping? I do a lot of drive by. Because sometimes, yeah. sometimes you can just tell like this one's not for me. And sometimes I worry that I'm passing up some good things because it looks like all baby stuff. And I'm like, what if, but what if underneath that like yeah. crib is like, you know, a, a million dollar item? That never happens though. You know, I don't know. Maybe. I've got it out of my car and I'm like, why did I get out of my car? Yeah. So I almost passed by this one that like had a couple of things of like yarn, yard furniture, so like some chairs and stuff. Right. And then the only other thing it had was a small table, maybe like a two foot by two foot table. And on this table was like maybe five or six items. And they just look like stuff from inside the house. And then I saw two like unopened blister packs of like, you know, the the plastic packaging Mm -hmm, of like mm -hmm. items. And they look kind of oldish. And I'm like, (laughs) well, when I see that kind of packaging, I'm assuming like, is it a thermostat? Is it some random as seen on TV item? Is it, you know, smoke detector? Like those are the things I often see at garage sales. So I'm like, I'm going to stop. And I stop and I I look at the this table. And there's two items in these packages and they have stickers on them. One of them says $30, to, um, $200 new. And the other one says uh, $25 or $20, something like that. I think it was $20, $75 new. And they had these like little like handwritten stickers on them. Okay, okay, okay. And I'm like, well, you know, I mean, if this thing's $200 new, they're selling it for 30. Let me look up comps. And I look up comps and sure enough, uh, use they're selling for like close to a hundred and new in, in box, which this one was, they're selling for like 150, you know, and like, sometimes they're more than the MSRP. Right. And yeah. what it is. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, like this is definitely worth picking up for 30. I look at the other one and I look and I could probably sell it for like 60 bucks. And so I'm like, all right, well the two of these together, $30, $20, $50. And I'm like, it's definitely worth picking these up for 50 bucks. But of course I'm not going to give the first number. So I kind of just walk over and I'm like, how what do you think if I did both of these? Right. And the lady's like, I don't know. How about $10? Nice. Done. Deal. Here's your 10 bucks. I'm not even at that point. Like it's one of those things where, you know, I, I think I watch some of your stuff and I feel like you'd be like, Oh, seven. Right. But I'm like, you know what? I was going to try and talk her down to 40. She gave me 10. I'm just going to take it. Could I probably knock a couple more dollars off of it? Yeah. But to me, it's already such a big win. And you know, I don't want to, sometimes it's not even worth it. Cause I don't want them to change their mind and be like, you know what? No, it's already a good deal. I, I don't even know if I can let it go for 10. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's like, you know what? I'm taking it for 10 and I'm going to, I'm going to make a, you know, probably a couple hundred dollars off of these. So it was a, it was a nice hustle because I almost passed it. It was one of those, like, I'm like driving. I'm like, yeah, that's not for me. I'm like, oh, the blister packs there, they look open or unopened. Yeah, I guess I'll stop. And that was one of my big scores of the day. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. So, all right. So mine is an interesting one because I, I, it still hasn't, you know, it's not fully complete. And usually I like sharing when things are complete, but here's the thing. Sometimes you buy stuff and you hold, right? You wait for everybody to sell out. And, and usually it's like this with retail arbitrage. Now, again, I always say only do this if you have the capital, right? Only if you have the capital. So, I I think I had mentioned at one time I had gone to uh, a a TJ Maxx and it was like late at night and I was looking for a certain item. I think it was like towards the end of Q4 and they didn't have it. But then I saw, uh, did I share this already? Have I shared this? Do you remember? Did you talk about this item? Yeah. The hockey jerseys. Oh, Uh, I'm looking at the. No, what that's, you have written that's on there. old. No, that's uh, that's from last week. I was gonna say, like, <laughs> I know for a fact we talked about. This no, no, last week. yeah, I haven't updated my notes from oh, last okay. week. So, so I go and there were all these hockey jerseys, and these hockey jerseys they were selling for fifteen dollars a piece, but the MSRP was one hundred and eighty, I believe, one hundred eighty, one hundred fifty. So I'm like, usually, you know, when you go to TJ Maxx and Ross, you got to be kind of sketch about that because, you know, usually it's it's way overblown, but. 
I these were quality stitch jerseys. It was a local team. I'm like, yeah, this is gonna sell for good money. But then I went on, on eBay and I saw that there was tons of them listed, right? Because the easier it is to access something, the greater the competition. So people were like lowballing these. They're selling them for like 60 bucks, 70 bucks, 50 bucks, and which is still good profit if you're paying 15. But I'm like, no, if these are items that on retail would sell for 150, 180, like you got to at least list it for over 100. And then I got onto TikTok and I saw people on TikTok that were like, oh, look, I found these jerseys and I listed on Amazon, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to have to hold. A week later, our good friends, uh, Christian Adam, the Latin Pickers, uh, always looking out for us, good friends of the podcast. Uh, they messaged me like, hey, Orlando, we're at a, I forget, it was, it was TJ Maxx or Marshalls. They're like, we're here. And we saw these jerseys and they have, I think like 50 or something of them. And they're like, you know, do you want us to pick these up for you? And, you know, just, just pay us at cost when we get back to San Diego. And I was like, that was really nice of them, like looking out for me. And so I was like, sure. And, you know, they, 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 they bought them all and we met up and I paid $500 for, for the pickup that they did. I paid $500. I don't know how many jerseys divide that by 15 plus taxes, but it was a lot of jerseys. And so this happened back in January of 2020, January, February, March, maybe, maybe it was like April. I don't know. It was, everything is a blur to me. It was a time during the happening where like, you, you know, you couldn't, everybody was socially, you know, apart from each other and, and you couldn't meet up with people. And so, you know, at that time, you know, we just, it was basically a drop off. I gave them the money and it was awesome because, you know, they they helped me out and so i held on to these and now they're selling and they're selling i'm selling them uh, on ebay and they're selling for 105 120 130 a piece and i'm making a nice profit and here's the thing i expect during q4 that these are gonna fly like they're gonna they're just gonna once we get to let's say october i i think i have probably 50 plus of these jerseys so you do the math if I still sell them for a hundred a piece, that's five K out of a five hundred to six hundred dollar investment, right? And probably seven to eight hundred if you count the ones I bought along the way too. It's not bad. So in all of this, hustle the week one, the networking aspect, right? I had, you know, knew other people knew what I was looking for, were not in the same competition. They helped me out. Second, I held on to this. I mean, I truly believe that sometimes with these RAs, I've said this before, with these RA items, retail arbitrage. If you wait until everybody sells out and you're one of the last people on their quality items, you're going to make good money. But that's a risk. That's really risky because you could end up being the one holding the bag and everybody else already sold out and there's no more of a demand for them and you're stuck with the item. So when on multiple levels, stay tuned. I will update everybody at the end of Q4 if I sold out on all of them. Yeah. And, and something like that, I think is good too when it's a jersey as opposed to like a trendy toy. Oh, true, true, right? true. Because the difference is unless that toy becomes trendy again 20 years from now mm -hmm. and it's like, you know, retro, uh, certain things just never really lose, you know, other than the fact that it's like, oh, this is not, this is not the, uh, the current edition that the store is selling, right? Which might make it more, more appealing. Like, mm -hmm. oh, it's a cool jersey that they're not selling at the stands. I, I want that one. Yeah, those things are definitely going to, to hold their value probably better than, uh, you know, the fingerling. So, yeah, I, I definitely think RA... If, if you if people especially when it's things like maybe clearance and you know like it's almost the worst is when you go on you go to a costco or not costco you go to walmart or target and you see a clearance stuff and you look it up and it's like man they've got this down to five dollars and it's usually thirty dollars and you look on ebay and they're selling for like eight dollars on ebay because yeah. you know resellers have gone through and bought out all of them on clearance but again that might be the time to hold it might still be worth buying and holding because eventually they're going to run out of that product at that price. And if people are willing to pay $30 again, you might win. But you got to be careful on what you're picking up and holding on to. But uh, yeah, holding on to when it's when it's clearance like that, I think holding on is probably the better way to go. Yeah, it's risky. I mean, even even before we started the podcast, I was sharing Mike one of my bolos for Q4 and I dropped close to 3K and it is a, is a trendy item, but it's a third year of the cycle of this trendy item. So. Orlando may have lost 3000 or he may have made 9000 We'll have to wait and see. We shall see. We shall see. Stay tuned. 
All right. Hey, thank you, everyone, uh, for your Hustle Week. Thank you, Troy, Mark, and Clay. Really appreciate that. Uh, check out their Instagrams. Again, Man Treasure is Troy. Tactical Arbitraging is Clay. And Mark Mancuso, well, you can't check out his email, but uh, thank you so much, Mark, for sending that email. Really appreciate you sharing and supporting us. All right. Now, here, here's what I love about reselling is that if you keep at it and you keep going and you you are consistent, like you said, you will continue to grow. And the one that place that you will always grow is in knowledge. And I feel like we're just like sounding like a bunch of educators right now, which we are. But I'm telling you, you will make more. The longer you're in reselling, unless you are doing things completely wrong and not researching and, and just buying whatever and going to buy clearance everywhere and hoping you're going to be rich off of clearance, like you're going to continue to grow. And the more you know, the more money you're going to make. And I'm... I, I can't tell you like right now, like the, it's very rare, except for that one YouTube video I showed, like, you know, I dropped two weeks ago. <laughs> You'll go into a thrift store and not find things, right? Most of the time you will find, even at garage sales. I remember when I was first reselling, I would go to garage sales and, and I, my friend, my friend Kyle would go and we'd, we'd message each other. And we're like, man, there's just nothing at garage sales today. And I would say now that rarely ever happens. I mean, there are some Saturdays where it's like slim pickings. Every once in a while, there'll be a Saturday where I there's absolutely nothing to pick up that's profitable. But pretty much for me, every Saturday, it's a very profitable Saturday when I get out there. And I think a lot of it is due to knowledge. I know a lot more, right? Things I would have skipped over three, four years ago. Now I'll pick up because I know that it's profitable. Uh, the way I negotiate, I'm way better negotiating now than I was four or five years ago. I, I know, you know, wh what tactic to use at a certain point in time. I know when I should just go with, like Mike said, just go with it and don't try to haggle anymore and just walk away. I also know when to walk away and not lose money instead of going, you know what? Oh man, I can make some good profit. You know, it's okay to pay a little bit more for this. Sometimes it's like, nope, it's not worth it paying a little more because it's going to sit in my store a long time. It's not going to sell right away. And it's very risky. And so you grow in knowledge and reselling as long as you continue moving. Yeah. And one of the things that I feel like is becoming almost super trendy, almost popular to, to self-deprecate in the sense of failure is good. Like ah, failure yeah, is yeah. knowledge. And it's true. Like people say, I don't fail. I learn and, and things like that. And I think there's a lot of value to that. And there's truth to that, but I think it's almost being overblown. And I, I, I worry that it's almost encouraged to just like, who cares? Go at things like just with just reckless ambition, but with no like focus or, or intent. And so the idea is, well, who cares? I'm just going to fail and failure is so good. And I think there's truth in the sense of if you're afraid to fail and you never do anything, you're never going to be successful. And every time you fail, you can learn lessons from that. But failure isn't the only way to learn lessons. And so I think one of the best ways of, of approaching it is uh, an ounce of, of prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? That, that old saying or similar sayings to that. And the more you can gain in knowledge before you fail or make a mistake. And then when you do fail, learn everything you can from that. But don't go out with the intent of, Ah, I don't care. I'm just going to kind of recklessly buy things. And if I make mistakes, I make mistakes, but go at it systematically. Try to be intentional about making the best decisions you can make and know that you're probably going to fail. Don't be afraid to fail, but do everything in your power to prevent failure and then learn when the failure does happen. Uh, so learn, grow in knowledge, but don't go at it with a sense of, well, I can just do whatever I want. You know, it, it, sometimes it's better to spend a little bit of extra time in the store looking something up, checking comps, spending some time the, the week before you go out. Like when I've been learning about tools, sometimes I spend, you know, an hour just looking on computers that sold comps and what types of tools and what, what are these called? How do I speak this lingo? Because I'd rather learn this now than fail after I paid $500 in tools that aren't going to sell, right? So uh, you're going to continue to grow knowledge and you're going to grow from your wins and your losses uh, but it's better to to grow and learn uh, before you fail than after you fail, right? Prevent sure. the failure. So uh, you're going to grow in knowledge and we talked, you're going to lose, you're going to win. So grow, learn from both of those, but but do so wisely, right? Like don't just intentionally, yeah, like failure is so good. Like I almost feel like that's the the move people are going towards. No, I know. Uh, Gary, right? v, Gary V is big on that. Like he, he always says like, I love losing 
I'm like, nah, I, I don't love losing. I, and again, it's like one of those things like where there's there's nothing wrong with that. Like you can you can get to a point where it's like, you know what? If I if I try a hundred things, I'm going really hard at a hundred things, and I fail at ten of them. That's fine, and I've learned that those two, ten things don't work for me. But then again, because why go for the hundred things? Well, I mean, I'm just saying, like, like you you're you're trying to be successful, okay. so you're trying all these things. So there's nothing wrong with that. But I feel like some people take from that, like, well, it's okay to fail a hundred times or ninety nine times. It's like, well, if you can prevent that, and yeah. maybe only fail ten percent of the time instead of all of the time, you're going to be better off. Yeah, I'm a big fan of like if you're consistently failing, you probably need to get out. Like, there's obviously something else that you or you haven't learned the lesson you're supposed to learn i don't know I, I i think i think when you're young you can continue failing until you learn the lesson you need to learn when you get older when you're failing it's time to get out which <laughs> might be the lesson you need to learn this isn't for you this isn't okay. your cup of tea i'm not but okay all right so revenue okay you will grow in revenue like it will again if unless you are Here's the thing. You're right. Like, unless you're learning, like if, if you keep doing the same thing, if you keep sourcing without looking stuff up, like if you keep buying the same stuff and it's not selling, if if you keep, you know, instead of reinvesting the money, you're, you're blowing your money on other things and you're not putting them to your business. So if you're not learning how to ship faster and ship for cheaper, and if you're not learning how to make connections and as long as you're consistently doing right what every reseller you know i think pretty much every youtuber says this right the idea of like hey buy low sell high okay you should win and i think that applies pretty much in every avenue of business if you can buy low sell high that is the magic equation to continue in your revenue and grow your revenue now the thing is replicate that right continue replicating that in your business continue growing it so i definitely think you will grow and here's the last one. And this is one I love the more, the most. I think you're going to grow in the time available to not run your business. And I think, I think that's that, I think that's the next step. I, I, this is now my fourth year selling full time. And I would say I don't work as much as I used to in the first year of full time, not even close. Now, if I kept that momentum, I don't know. Maybe I'd have the Lambo. I don't know. Right. I mean, if you, if you follow us on Pierre's podcast, the first year on Instagram, man, I was sourcing every day, like every day, retail arbitrage every day, sending out boxes every day. I mean, I look back on those in the archives and I'm like, how do I even have the energy to do that? And I think it was cause it was like, it was new. We were on social media I was scared out of my mind. I was going to be homeless. Like, like all those things kept me motivated and I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. Now my fourth year as a, as a full-time reseller, I will say I, I do not spend as much time doing the things that I was doing before. I, I, you know, I am better about sourcing. I have more connections. I don't spend as much time going out there. I probably go to the thrift store once or twice a week. And that's just, Sometimes it's sometimes it's for the gram just because I want to share people like, hey, here's some things to look out for. Here's here's what to pick up. Um, as far as shipping goes, I probably spend a quarter of the time shipping like it's I know exactly how to ship. I know where to find things. My organization is far better. Uh, your time will continue to to unless unless you want to keep moving, unless you want to scale a lot more, things will get easier over time. You'll have more time available. Do you, do you find yourself that it's easier to do things now? All right. I mean, absolutely. I mean, we're about to, we're about to have a baby here pretty soon. And, uh, we know we're going to be putting our store on vacation mode for a little while. And we're kind of just hoping that we don't go into labor as like a couple sales come in. Cause that might be annoying. Uh, but as we get closer, if it ends up being uh, induced or if we end up, uh, you know, having a little bit of time to figure things out before we have to just immediately shut our store down, we know we're going to be okay. Like we've been able to take vacations, things like that, because we've built up a system where we are pretty confident in the amount of money we're going to make each month, uh, what kind of sales we're going to have. And we can recognize like, Hey, if we, if we take a slow month here, if we slow down a little bit, we're going to be fine. Um, and it took time to build that, to understand like how long is it actually going to take to ship these things and how many listings can I get done in a day? And can I take a week off without crushing where I'm at and the amount of money that I need to make each month? 
And once you get to that point where you've got it all figured out, yeah, you can definitely let off the gas a little bit for sure. It's a, it's momentum, right? Like once you've got that momentum going, you know, as your store gets bigger, it's like, and, and more efficient, it's like a bigger snowball rolling down the hill, you know, and it's harder to stop in the sense of it's, it's not going to, it's not going to just come to a complete and utter stop. And I've got to push really hard to get it going again. Like it, it might slow down. The slope might not be as steep, but that, that there's still enough momentum going that once I, once I put the gas on the pedal again, we're moving, we're going. And so, yeah, absolutely. And then that opens up time with family and friends and, and things where you really get to enjoy the fruits of your labor and not just enjoy your labor. Agreed. So the time will be there, but I will tell you, if you want to level up and you want to go next level, you got to hustle Hence, yeah. pure hustle. And like you have to, it's, it's, a, it's not an option. And we'll end that on that note. Yeah. And with that being said, thanks for tuning in. As always, uh, you can follow us on social media. As always, you can support us at buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle. And we appreciate every single one of you. And with everything being said, make sure to be real. Be relevant. And be reselling. Leads. Peace.